Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it always it always starts like that. It always starts like hey. that. <laughs> I think it's good to start a conversation with hello. And so, a laugh. And a laugh. Yeah. A hello and a laugh. Because, you know, you need to laugh more in life. Some of y'all are not laughing nearly enough in life. You need uh, to laugh more. Yeah, I was laughing so hard the other day. My, so my friend showed me this video of Toad from Mario yeah. singing Chandelier by Sia. That's perfect. And if you haven't seen this, you've you got to look it up. You, you must so laugh. Laughing is very key. Hey, welcome back to the show. Patrick here on the Patrick Podcast. We are currently sitting in a dark room, <laughs> which is great. If you don't sit in dark rooms, you should consider it. Well, I guess we do when we're sleeping. Yeah. That is a dark room. Unless you're not into sleeping in the dark, which, which is fine. That's fine. No one's here to judge that. That's totally fine. Um, but anyway, we're glad you're back. Hey, we're we're actually uh, we're upon the holiday season, so um, this episode will likely come out. Uh, you're probably listening to this, and it's either close to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving has passed, or and we're on our way to Christmas. Either way, here's my encouragement for you during this holiday season: is I find myself whenever I'm around family, I end up reverting back to a younger version of myself (laughs) and you become automatically more petty, automatically more angsty because you're around these aunts and uncles and cousins and parents and guardians and whatever is happening in your life. And my encouragement and charge to us all is to rise above that and you are wise and bright and sensible people with great perspectives and opinions and when you're around those dinner tables or when you're sitting in those living rooms and the conversation starts to turn towards you because they want to hear your take or your opinion like, you know it's coming, so be ready for it. And when that relative says something wild that is not cool, whether it's talking about a certain segment of people in our country or not in our country, that's where you stand up and say, not today, buster. <laughs> Maybe not buster, but, you know. I think this this is where the work is. The work is around the tables with your family, this is where, where you can actually stand up for whatever it is you need to stand up for. So that's my encouragement to you, is to not revert back. Don't be the angsty teen that you once were, but be the wise young adult, middle-aged adult, whatever it is that you are. And, uh, but it's cool if your accents come out. That oh, always happens. Hundred percent. The accent always comes if out. If the accent comes out, <laughs> let the accent comes out. Let it come out. It's okay. Slip back into it. That's totally fine. <laughs> That's good. So I wish you all a happy holiday, whatever the holiday is that you celebrate. Um, 
I just, I hope that you're with people. Um, and I hope that you're with people that you love and people that love you and are supportive of you. So, um, that's my hope for us all during this season. Cause I know how hard it can be for folks and shout out and much love and peace and grace to all of you who are dealing with, uh, the loss of a loved one this holiday season. Know that we here on the Patrick podcast are, uh, thinking about you and praying for you in this hard, hard season where you are without a doubt going to be missing your, your loved one. I know that I may not know who you are because I don't see your face when you're listening to this, but know that um, I'm sending a prayer towards you right now, a prayer of peace and a prayer of grace and um, of hope. So yeah, there you go. Okay. Today show is shoo it's a special one this people i i'm gonna say a wild thing there do it to him. i this this may be to date and this is no in no way throwing any shade on any previous episode because i love there's them no all. negativity in this statement. no negativity only positivity only positivity this may be my favorite episode i've ever done because it's one of my favorite humans of all time rob bell y'all the show is the ep is amazing rob is of <laughs> course just call it the ep. the ep <laughs> the ep <laughs> I like it. I'm filling it out. I wrote it down, the ep, and it feels good. <laughs> well, that's what I label it. <laughs> Recording it, yeah, but you actually ep. just called it I just called ep. it ep. Yeah. It's, we're shortening things up. It's about to be 2020. We're shortening words in 2020. That's what we're doing. But yeah, this episode is great. You're going to love it. There's so much. I, I have a feeling you're going to have one of those like, ooh, that was really good. I need to pause it and write that down and then start again. It's that stinking good. Rob, of course, hosts the Robcast, uh, which is an amazing podcast filled with amazing guests and these, uh, these sermons that Rob delivers uh, every so often. Um, so I, I highly encourage you to, to listen to it. He is a writer of many, many, many books, uh, so much content on the internet, YouTube, and, and the like. But anyway, check his work out. I think you're going to love this episode. I love doing it. Uh, this was actually recorded in a green room uh, right before his show that was here in Nashville not too long ago. So it was an honor and a pleasure of mine to sit down with Rob for uh, a little bit and just have a conversation. And so hopefully this will be one of many. You never know with these kind of things, but hopefully we'll get to do it again. And and again, and we'll see where everything leads us. As always, uh, check us out online. We have uh, Patrick Podcast Instagram. Make sure to be following that. We post uh, the episode show notes, and I try to my best to be somewhat engaging on that platform. Uh, also, you can follow me on my personal uh, Twitter, which is just Patrick Chappelle. 
um, or my personal Instagram, which is also uh, Patrick Chappelle. And yeah, check it out. Share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers. Enjoy the show. And um, I'm trying to think anything else I want to mention. Not really. I have a new car. That's fun. Yeah, you do. Uh, we'll talk about that in another episode. And I think we should. I think I, I may just come and just chat sometimes. We may just have a chat. And Ben will be here. We'll chat. Might as well. And might as well have a chat. That, that way you feel like you're getting to know me on top of knowing uh, some wonderful guests. F- fun fact about your car. Did you know that Subaru strategically markets towards lesbian, lesbians and nurses? Ah. Yeah. I am both of those. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> Not true. That is interesting. Yeah. Okay. So they're not really yet reaching to the black. Not necessarily. They just strategically focus on lesbians and nurses. Cool. That's kind of cool. I'm pro that. Them marketing whomever they want to market to. Yeah. I like the cars. They're wonderful. Uh, Ben, what's going on with you? Anything happening? No, not much, man. Just, uh... Yeah, I'm probably going to edit this out because I've got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's good. (laughs) It's good. Well, enjoy the episode with Rob, Bell, y'all. It's going to be great. Thanks for listening. Uh, You're awesome. Have a happy holidays. We'll see you on the other side. Peace. Rob. <laughs> what an honor. Here we are. What an honor. Here we are. On we did it. My first time on the Patcast. On the Patcast. I can't this is this is happening. And here we are. Um how's it going? Like, how's it going? It's going really well. Good. Very happy. Good, good, good. Uh well, I I have a few questions. And we'll just see where, where it takes us. <laughs> nothing, too, nothing too crazy, I don't think. But um, I guess most of the people who are listening to my show knows or are aware of who you are, right? Aware of your books, tours, things you filmed, things of that nature. So I don't feel like we have to like introduce people to you necessarily. But, um, you know, we're currently at your show. I don't, I don't mind st- time stamping this. This is going to be <laughs> fine. Uh, it'll exist on the, on the internet. But I guess the thing I'll start off with is I think it was something that you wrote that, I, that, that sent me on this journey to learning about this word even more. But it's this word, akiga, the Japanese word of... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm curious for you. It's like, he guy, that which gets, what gets you up in the morning? That's right. That word, yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's where I want to start. What is it right now? What is your Akiga? Um, well, when you have kids, like, <laughs> yeah. at one level, 
there are people you're responsible for, so there's just a really basic. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so they 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 get me up in the morning in lots of ways. Sure. Yeah. Um, in in uh, from a metaphor to just very practically, they get me up in the morning. Right. And, right. Because we got stuff we're doing. Uh, what happened to me in college? I was in a band. I talked my way into my friend's band as the lead singer. I had no experience in such things. <laughs> And I got this taste. I would write these, I, so I'd write the lyrics. So I would have these experiences and I would write lyrics. And then it was like a sing-songy, rappy, chirpy, nasal spewing that I would do. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. But it was this uh, giving language to the human experience. Like melodies and lyrics and trying to name what I was feeling and thinking and experiencing. I tasted that in right. this band when I was like 19, 20, 21. And then when I was 21, the summer after college, I, I volunteered to give a sermon. And I don't, like a sermon to me always raised the existential question, what's for lunch? Right. So that was always just like, right. please, I'm, I'm already bored. But somehow, I suddenly saw the sermon as a, a couple clicks over from what I'd been doing. And I was like, oh, this is an art form. Yes. And people have been naming the depths of the human experience in poetic, subversive, beautiful, inspiring, ruthlessly honest ways for thousands of years. Like, um, this particular art form in our culture, for many people, isn't even seen as an art form. I want to reclaim, reclaim it. I yeah. think from a young age, I had this sense that there's more going on here. Um, what some would call spirituality. Just some sense of the reductionist, materialistic worldview. We're all just atoms, synapses, right. and molecules. Never, it was never enough for me. There was always some, Jane Fonda has this great line, I could feel the reverence humming oh, yeah. in all oh, of creation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, somehow all of that got put in the Vitamix of my life. <laughs> and I was like, I want to help people. I want to help people navigate the depths of life, business, art, politics, raising a family. And that's the thing. Leading. And so, yes, yeah, so I would say everything is spiritual. Yeah. Is sort of at the heart of everything I do. Was that, was that a tough, that phrase, everything is spiritual? Was that always an easy phrase for you to say? Yeah, yeah. And that's what's interesting is from a young age, when people would talk about religion or spiritual things. Right. I never saw it as one category among many. I always saw it as the depth of whatever you're doing. Yeah. So so right now you have people talking about how corporations aren't paying taxes and corporations have become greedy, all the sort of standard cliches that are being thrown around. Some sure. of it very true actually. Um but well why? What oh that's greed. Oh okay, greed. Well that's a that's a spiritual disease. Yeah. That's built Greed comes from a, a belief in lack, and right. if we don't fight and accumulate and dominate, there's not going to be enough. Well, that's, that goes, so these people are like, no, it's just business. Yeah, but it's animated. There are animating energies um, at the heart of education, at the heart of interpersonal relationships, trying to keep a long-term relationship. There are these energies that animate everything. Yeah. And are the modern world, because built so much impressive stuff, iPhones and hospitals and airports and 
it built so much stuff on a rigorous, wonderful, scientific view of the world. Um, we have lots of people who didn't grow up with any way to talk about spirit and soul and that which you can't access, like you can access a rock or a tree or a right. lake. Yeah. There's this whole dimension of life that you cannot access and cannot hold it in your hand or access it in the way you can access material objects, but it's real and even more real than that which we would call the real. Oh. And so that's what, um, that's what I, I just love to explore this. That's awesome. Talk so, about it. Uh, here's what, I mean, I've, I've gotten, I've had the opportunity to watch you do your thing live two-day events and <laughs> your, the, the speaking events you do. And, and I tell people all the time, I was like, look, w- w- say what you will about what the content is, <laughs> right? But you are truly, and I, I, mean this, I mean this as someone who studied communications in college, you are a master communicator. And it's, it's just amazing just, just to watch someone who has mastered the art form of public speaking is just amazing to watch. Like I, I literally, that's some of the most inspiring stuff I bear witness to is just look, look at what he's doing. <laughs> None of you have pay attention to the fact that he's up there just doing this thing. <laughs> and it's so easy. And it's just, and then people are like, we've been sitting in this room for two hours. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited for you to hear tonight's show. Yeah. I am so excited for you. Oh, you already heard the show. Yeah. And oh. I'm, I'm equally excited to hear I'm the so show. I'm so excited for you to hear the, the, uh, uh, what it is now. Yeah. Because you heard it a number of cities ago. Right, right. Oh, yeah. It's so much fun. So how, like, were you always just this natural, commun- like, oral communicator? Or was it something you had to, I mean, obviously the band stuff helped with that. Being I a lead loved singer. it. So you always was just. I loved it. Okay. So even as a kid. I loved it. Wow. I can't think of that many opportunities growing up. Um, but I did. I played sports. I, I mean, I think about it now. I probably could have gone over to the theater department. Right. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. look back and you're like, I, like sp- sport, I played sports, but I, it was never home. It was never uh-huh. like. Dude, let's go in the weight room. Right. Yes. Um, yes. And even I remember we played in this huge tournament. I played soccer and we played in this huge tournament. And in the finals, we lost in the final game of the tournament. And I was a defender and my dude beat me on one pass and scored to win the game. And the next week, our coach, before the next game, uh, right before we took the field for the next game, like a week later after that tournament that we'd lost, yeah. my coach took held up the trophy right before we took the field, our second place trophy, and he threw it against the locker room wall <laughs> over our heads. Like he threw it above what? our heads and it smashed on the cinder block locker room wall oh into like a goodness. kajillion pieces. And he looked at the team and he said, I hate second place. Wow. And everybody went, yeah. You know what I mean? The players all yes, just went nuts yes, and ran out right, of the locker right, room out right. of the field. And even then I was like, <sighs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, like whatever. Yes. It's just sports. It's just it's the, uh, yeah. So I there's probably there was probably a performer in there the whole time, right? Who uh, just loves to create a happening and then go somewhere together. Huh. The boundaries have dissolved, so 
when you're starting out, you have this thing that you want to say. Right. And how did it go? Did they, did it go well? Did they? Res- oh, yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. But like tonight, the, the show you're about to see, I will witness to it as much as the people out there. I might be speaking and have the microphone and do the show. I'll be enjoying it as much as anybody. I'll be watching as much as anybody. Wow. So the boundaries between the stage and the audience, between the performer and the people who bought a ticket, those blurred for me a while ago. Wow. It's a happening we're all we're all gonna something's gonna happen for all of us. Right. And 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 that's (laughs) and I guess I guess really then the kind of this the finish that that thought is there is there like this post game experience for you? Like you do the teaching, you do the event, you do, yeah. and then you go back. Do you sit in your dressing room or in your car and say, okay, ah, I really. Oh, uh, you know, Tom Petty used to tell his band, we'll, uh, we'll do notes on the show at the next sound check. So Tom Petty had a rule after the show. There will be no dissecting of the show after the show. Wow. You just give the gift and then enjoy it. it. Uh, tomorrow at sound check, we'll tweak what needs to be tweaked. Because there's like two different gears. Anytime you do something, there's the, how can I do it better? Right. There's what parts were, um, how can I tighten it up? What can I add? What can I take away? There's all, there's all the mechanics of the art, the craft of it. And then there's just the, the incredibly satisfying, I'm in the game. I got some skin in this. Yeah. I got to do that. What a gift. What a gift. Uh, so I will, um, I've done this show now a lot this year. I'll come back and just sit still. I usually come back and just sit still and just go. Uh, oftentimes I call my family. Yeah. Or I'll, I'll often, especially even as the years go by, I'm so grateful that I get to do this that I'll walk back here to this green room and just sit down and just I'll drink water and eat an apple and the because the, the, that'll be loud out there and I'll yeah. walk off and it'll be loud and then I'll come in and just sit and oftentimes I'll just sit in silence for a bit and just uh, like pure undiluted wonder and awe in which, and your body is jacked up oh, on adrenaline because yeah. this show's like about an hour and 45 minutes your body is just like, like you could plug me into a small town and everybody would be able to watch TV and light their house for a while. I mean, there's like a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, elect- there's a lot of kilowatts running through the body at that That's point. Amazing. And I guess like even as, you know, in your past life, you were this pastor of a, of a church yeah. and leaving the stage in that setting it's got to be so different than leaving a stage in this kind of a setting and just because of the, of the people who have chosen to be a part of the experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and, and when I used to do that, then afterwards there'd be a line of people. So you would pour yourself out in this right. uh, communication, and then it would be over, and you'd immediately be a line of people who wanted to share and you never knew what was coming next. Like suffering and angst and questions and celebrations. And this is our new baby. And my wife just left me and I just lost my job. And I just found out I have cancer. And this is my son who's back from college. I want you to meet every Like, yeah. uh, and oftentimes I would talk with people until the next service started. Wow. 
So that that's very, very hard on the body. Yeah, it is. Adrenaline can get you really far. Adrenaline's amazing. But then when you like use up your, your adrenaline, then you're drawing on, then that's serious. Like, so I had a couple serious burnouts in my early 30s. Wow. Where the body just was like, we can't keep doing this. <laughs> and now, and now what, what I just kind of observe in your life, it seems that you have a way healthier rhythm of I'm on, I'm doing this thing, and now I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm like resting. I'm, I'm in this, yeah, yeah, yeah. In this not, not just like a Sabbath and like I get a day. It's like, no, I'm taking a sizable uh, chunk of time. To, the things that we do, uh, there's a Eucharist rhythm. Your body's broken, your blood's poured out. Right. Like you give yourself to the world, whatever. What, and your listeners, whatever kind of work they do, that takes something. And then there has to be a corresponding season where the body gets put back together and the blood gets poured back in. Right. So every person has to sort of find have to find those creational rhythms um yeah. and people who are in business and people who are in education like those they'll, they'll be different but you you have to find those or it's not sustainable yeah and uh when you find those oh this is what i and, and if you can just frame it this is what i need to do what i do and for many people even our culture a culture is really, really lost when a phrase like guilty pleasure exists. Oh, talk If it's about pleasurable, it. Yes. Then, it must, then it must be guilty. You must be lazy or there must be guilt involved. Um, uh, so, so a lot of cultural thinking works against the absolutely necessary rhythms. A lot of people, we just sat around the house, man. We, we were just so lazy. Right. No, you were letting what needs to be restored get restored. Yeah. You were taking part in the ancient rhythms of creation. Like, that's not lazy. No, no, not <laughs> That's not the word for it. Yeah. Um, so that's I've good. just noticed how many people, their tribe, family system, work, whatever, handed them oftentimes destructive ideas about how to do what you're here to do and then how to get what you need to keep doing it. And uh, so you got to go back and take all those apart. Well, and I feel like we just live in a culture where the in the United States where it's all about at the end of the day, what did you do? What did you accomplish? <laughs> you know, like that's that is yeah, how yeah, we're yeah. wired. It's yeah, right. moving forward. Yeah. It's it's yeah. It's, yeah, and the in and, and in the uh the ancient Exodus story, when you're in slavery in Egypt, your worth comes from how many bricks you produce. Right. So I mean uh the reason why I think that that story is so powerful is they're rescued from a world where their worth and value is measured by their production. Yeah. Um, and so they're, they're rescued out of Egypt, then you have to get the Egypt out of them. That's right. So for a lot of people that, man, your, your value comes from the bricks you produce. Yeah. And that's, that's like good. something that we need liberation from. Absolutely. So here's a question I have, and I'm, I'm very <laughs> curious on how, what you will say to this. <laughs> It is now 2019. I'm, t- I'm just time stamping this sure. thing all, all over the place. Sure. We can't be anywhere else but here. We can't be. Yeah, we're here. This is it. So wherever right? you are, people, yeah. we're here. We're here. Yeah. Uh, we come to you from the past. From the past. To speak to you about your future. Now, every... Here's the deal. Whenever your name is mentioned now... You are so excited about this question. Because it's Look so... At you. It's just... You can it, see his smile. It. He yeah. just came to life. It's like you... And Richard Rohr are in the same breath when people, 
it's like, oh, Rob and Richard Rohr, Rob Bill and Richard Rohr. And it's like you're this buddy cop comedy duo is what, <laughs> is what like it, and it's, you're so, it's just almost like people just kind of naturally or are now in a very natural way, just connect the two of you. And I'm curious on, I'm sure that as a young seminarian student that you probably didn't think, well, one day in my life, I'm going to be, when people think of Richard Ward, they're also going to think of me. And I don't, and I'm just wondering if you've ever thought about that. Cause I mean, I feel like everyone that I encounter, a lot of people that I encounter at least are often connecting the two of you. And I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but I thought that would be interesting well, to hear your, your take. Obviously what an honor. Yeah. I think the world of Richard, um, I've had some lovely times with him. He's he he's a yeah, he was uh let me say this. To give you background, I didn't I didn't grow up in a denomination. Right. So I didn't have like a I'm a whatever. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. I remember when I went when I actually went to seminary to get a master's degree in divinity, which I think is funny. <laughs> like a master's in the divine. It's the funny one thing that title. can't be mastered. Right. It's funny. Um I, uh, there was a thing you had to fill out about what denomination you were from. And there was a uh, non-denomination. I was like, oh, non-denominational, that's an option. I guess I'm non-denominational. But then there, later on, there was an option, undenominational. I was like, even the people who don't fit can't agree on how they fit. Right, right. Um, so I just didn't come from any labeling system. And, and the, I came in, when I was a kid, my parents would take us to church. And I remember hearing the Jesus stories, and they resonated. They spoke to me at some human level. Right. So even like being a part of a religion, these stories just did something. They spoke to me about something that's true. Um, so even like the word Christianity, yeah, I guess. But that always felt like over and against other th- things when this thing seemed to be wrapping its arms around the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and like in the Jesus stories, anytime somebody had set up, well, we're in and they're out, Jesus specifically comes against that. No, the people who think they're in might be out and they're in this. Right. And all the people you think that are out might actually be the ones who are at the feast. So those stories just shaped me from a, I just didn't buy it. And then I remember like in high school when people talk about Christian music, I just didn't know. Right. I don't understand how you can divide the world up. My aunt Jane gave me the synchronicity album by the police when I was 13. (laughs) And it was just a good aunt. That's a good aunt, aunt Jane. Thank you, aunt Jane. But like that album was just so great. The idea that the world was divided up, that somebody just could put, uh, I just never felt like an adjective, the word Christian. Mm. So I just, that whole system, um, it all, it just seemed like all creation had something to say. It seemed like music didn't need anything attached to it. It just right. was doing something. Didn't need you to like sanctify it or right. label it. Yeah. So um, that's why when you say like, would you have seen yourself? And even even when I, when I went to study theology, there were students there for a hundred and from, from 120 denominations. So this idea when people are like, well, that's, you know, you know, we're Methodists. That's, that's lovely. Good, good for you. I just don't, I just never related to like, uh, I just always felt like there was this Jesus, the Christ, 
moving through the whole thing. Yeah. There's that song by Prince, The Cross. Yeah. Don't Die Without Knowing. I remember hearing that song and being like, that song. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the juice. So yeah. Prince, whatever it was, Prince was onto it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Jehovah's Witness. I, I just smelled it and saw it in so many different shapes and forms. That's great. That your question is a great one. Did I ever see? It wouldn't have surprised me. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a surprise. It's just so, it's wonderful. And I think that it's like a, it's good company to keep, but it's just like a funny, it's just funny to me that everyone, <laughs> that those two things are connected. So um, I feel like lately, and maybe it's just the climate that we live in, that you have started to speak more about politics and the poli- and and how we look at government and systems in that way. Uh. And I'm curious if like, okay, in, in like, how has that been for you to kind of like really kind of press into like, okay, we're just going to, I'm just going to start doing, cause we need to talk about this. Uh. Cause I mean, it, I feel like yeah. in, you know, earlier, it's just like, it wasn't that you didn't speak to it, mm-hmm. but it's, I feel like now it's really, you're like, look, we need to talk about. Yeah, right, right, right. Because you're, uh, because when, in, when you grow in your integration and understanding that everything is related to everything else and everything is connected with everything else, mm-hmm. and you grow in your pattern recognition, oh, this is true over here, and it's true over here, and it's true over here, oh, this is a pattern. So you think about the word politics from the word politikos, this Greek word, which mm-hmm. refers to citizens. So politics is how we arrange ourselves. Right. We're citizens. How do we arrange ourselves? So any, any of your listeners who took a shower, well, how did water come out of the, come out of the spigot shower head thing? Well, you just have a, your houses, your apartments hooked up to a water source. Well, where's the water come from? How much does it cost? Is there right. a water board? Who elected them? Is it a commission? Did somebody go through a job interview? Is it a political appointment? Is it a, how does that all work? Like, that's polit. How do we arrange ourselves so that we all turn the faucet and water comes out? So anybody who's like, I'm not political, did you shower? Right, exactly. Yeah. So part of it was just how we arrange ourselves um, is really important. How do we educate kids? Um, how, what do we regulate? Can you just put, if you've ever been in the supermarket and turned over the thing to see what the ingredients are that you're going to feed yourself or your kids... Right. Like that's because the government was like, hey, you should, when you're going to sell food to people, tell them what's in it. <laughs> so all these people who are like, the government's the problem, really? Yeah. Because I like knowing the right. ingredients. Right, I like to know So I just things. noticed how much of this was just um, dangerously uninformed. Yeah, um, that's good. And, and then when most, and then I noticed when a lot of people talked about politics, what they were talking about was the hijacking of our life together mm-hmm. for theater for profit, for personal ambition. Um, Like when Marco Rubio said, President Obama wants to destroy this country, or whatever the line was about, he's trying to harm our country. That's theater. Right. That's theater. You can't, Marco Rubio, you cannot say that with a straight face. The president is trying, come on. So that's just, that's theater. Get out of, you know what I mean? At the so I just form, noticed how many right. people would talk about politics, but they weren't talking about how the 
potholes got fixed on the main street of your town, which is the road commission. And there's a road commissioner who appointed the road commissioner. So um, politics is a beautiful thing, how we arrange ourselves together. Yeah. And so ma- I was trying to take yeah. out the, the electricity and the volatile nature of it and help people see that we're all political um, because that's a good word. We, we, we are us arranging ourselves and this work. And of course it's messy. And of course there's lots of opinions. If there were 10 of us and we were stranded on an island and we had nine coconuts <laughs> and eight bananas, you know what I mean? We would have to make decision. And is there water on the other side of the island? I don't know. Who should go? Who should stay? Right. If there were 10 of us, we would have to get together and figure out how we're going to arrange ourselves. Oh, man. So this cannot be escaped. Yeah. So once you just read a lot of things, you reframe them. Or you think about everybody at uh, holidays when it gets tense around the table. If you just stop when Uncle Phil gets all Fox News on you and say, <laughs> what is the policy that, that's at play here? Generally, there's probably only a couple policy options. Um, and so let's just boil it down. Generally, you find out people have no idea what they're talking about. Oh, absolutely. And then secondly... Now we can actually have interesting conversations. Right. Um, what do we do about the borders? Can anybody just wander into any country? Can, our, can we handle that? Can our infrastructure handle that? Like these are all very interesting questions. So then you just shifted it from this weird locked up fear and terror to the curiosity of who does have the best ideas? Yeah. What has worked? Um, yeah. And now you're just in very different territory. Yeah, I love that. But and I will say that with the current yes people in office, they did do a good thing, which is they have awakened rage against the machine. So yes, so so yes. I guess we're I guess we're happy that rage is back. Well, this is a real ah. The, when I saw that reunion, I got a little misty. I know, right? But even there are lots of horrific things happening. Absolutely. But it's very, very, very important to park right beside all of those horrific things that are happening. All of the people who are paying attention who weren't. In my neighborhood, when the president was elected three years ago, high school students marched in the street. Yeah. When was the last time high school students marched? Right. So there is a a new level of engagement. Yeah, that's the most exciting part, yeah. uh, So it's it's important to... All of this is sitting... And even the questions about truth and... Oh wow, journalism's like really important. And this group of people who tell the truth and speak truth to power and expose what needs to be exposed is really important. And when it gets co-opted by business and entertainment, it's lethal for us. So uh, even the and the number of people who are talking about morality and conduct and it's like <laughs> it's like mm. all the super cool progressives that are now like, what about standards of conduct? You were not talking about standards of conduct four years ago. Yeah. You were like, Obama's got this. Let's chill. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You were not using the word accountability, Huffington Post writer. not at all. Yeah. um, Far away from that word. There's a number of things that are being reclaimed that's like really, really important right now. Mm. And so kind of connected, but kind of shifting a little bit is, you know, I, so a lot of my listeners know I'm also, I'm currently a minister, pastor in a church for college and young adult students. And 
the question that I get a lot and the question I want to ask you is what if you were to say here's as we kind of move into a new year, 2020, this is a big deal, new decade, Christianity, like just the whole, the big word that, we, that people love to throw around and talk about, like where's, where's going to be the place for? What is it, what's your kind of riff on here's what needs to happen in Christianity? If you, it, and I know that's like a weird question. Well, let's that, reframe it. Yeah. As opposed to what's happening in a particular religion, what does you started on your question, I immediately think, what a big, generous gift to give the world. Right. This tradition has ways of talking about how to worry less. Yep. Uh, you think about the Trinity, this this understanding of a Trinitarian universe, a universe of Endlessly encircling relational love mm. and communal goodness that insists there's enough for everybody. Um, how, would, how would that not shape our economics in all sorts of ways? Or in the Jesus tradition, there's a long history of nonviolence. Regime change most of the time happens in nonviolent ways. We know this from human history, and this tradition has rich resources for how to affect change through nonviolent means. Or um, you think about how central to the story of the Bible is a proper relationship with the soil. Yeah. That sustainable care for the earth is central to what it means to be human. It's not a political cause. It's not an agenda. It's not a progressive idea. No. The book of Leviticus at its center is about living in the land in a sustaining way. So a lot of things that people are, you're not making, you're in a large good stream here. Yeah. Um, so what beautiful gift to give the world. These stories name the human condition and give us ways to connect with each other and to find a way forward. The prophet Isaiah um, in exile, yeah. having been conquered by a global military superpower, begins to envision a new way human beings could get along. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think we could use that right now. Well, and it's so interesting so, to me that you're exactly right. There, the Bible, the, the canon that is about it, these writings, these poems, these, these testimonies, these accounts we, we, we receive, there's so much there that talks about all these things. Absolutely. And what it, what it looks like that some, a, a lot of people are doing, it's like, we're only talking about like a handful of, of stories from the Bible, <laughs> right? And it's like, y'all, there's so yeah, much right, over right, right. here you and know, over here. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that a good chunk of the Bible is critique of empire. Right. It's pointed, brilliant critique of what happens when greed gains a head of steam and gets entrenched in systems. I mean, that's, uh, that's really, really, it helps. Again, it has, oh, it can do wonders for your sense of what we're living in right now. Yeah, and in some ways you can think about religions growing up. Religions in their first developmental phase are generally inward focused. Who are we? Yeah. Doctrines, creeds, who's in, who's out, border patrol. Um, mm -hmm. And so other people often exist in order to be converted into the thing. So the energies are generally inward focused on defining who it is and who's out, who's in. And then there's a second developmental phase of a religion when a religion begins to realize 
and wake up to all the wonderful gifts it has to give the world. So it's no longer like you have to come into our space. It's let's go have me. Let's set the table for the whole world. Let's give a big, generous gift. Um, We have some vast resources here. So you think about how people's phones are making people crazy. Um, And advertising, billions of dollars are spent every day to get your eyeballs. So how about a tradition that has thousands of years of wisdom about how to find stillness and silence? Yeah. How to find your center so that you can navigate? Or you think about half the Psalms, these prayers in the middle of the Hebrew Scriptures, half the Psalms are laments. And a lament is, it's grief, rage, anger, sorrow. It's it's language for when things, things have broke, the world's broken your heart. Yeah. And how many people are carrying around ungrieved grief. Um, <sighs> and we'll just get that grief out. Yeah. How do I even begin? I Try know. this. How, how about this line? Why do you hide your face from me? That's how one of the Psalms begins. Is the poet talking to God, to their lover, to their... Right. It's a prayer, but that could be right. to anybody or anything that was once accessible that's now hidden. Why do you hide your face from me? <sighs> oh, man. You know what I mean? What's yeah. in Oh, what's yeah. in there? Okay, so we need to start landing the plane here. Okay. So I'm going to try to... Apparently there was a plane. There was a plane. We were on a plane. Apparently we were airborne. We were airborne. Felt like Little it. did you know. We now that I realize yeah. it, well, it kind of did yeah. kind of feel like it. Uh, so I just want to do a couple quick things to wrap up, and then we'll be done. Uh, one, I know that you love words. So what's your favorite mm. word right now? Unpigeonholable. Okay, good. I'd also know that you're... That you're I like unpigeonholable, but also is it, is it force majeure? No, force majeure in a contract. It's just Fr- a French term, force, force majeure, which is if like some act of God or some act were to <laughs> render the contract null and void. Um, you know, something happened that was out of everybody's control, then this contract gets tors- tossed up. Yeah, there's always words. I've always got a love couple it. words love it. in mind. Do you have any, you have a quote that you love right now? Any quotes that are just sticking with you? Yes. Jeff Goldblum, our beloved actor, Jeff Goldblum. He, He's a he, national he, treasure. I see him around in my neighborhood because we live near each other. Fantastic. And he inspires me to no end. He recently said, I'll often go shopping, and when I walk into a store and I see everything in the store, I think, this store perfectly validates all the decisions I've already made. And he walks out. Something like, it's something like everything in the store justifies or validates all the decisions I've already made. And so then I walk out. That's great. I just love that idea. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. That's great. And then uh, any albums or books that... Yes. Okay. Uh, there is um, Variation 15 is the second to last song on the Dunkirk soundtrack, that Christopher Nolan album. Yes. Turn that song up loud, Variation 15, and everything will be fine. Uh, there's a band called Joseph from Portland, Three Sisters. I adore them. We have tacos on a regular basis. I think their album is a transcendent piece of work. And then there is a lovely, she's 19 or 20. Her name is Millie Turner. She's okay. the goddaughter of a friend of mine in London. She's just put out her first EP, Millie Turner. And I met her actually when I was over there on tour. Um, but this, someday you're going to hear about Millie Turner. 
So go to Millie Turner on Spotify and you'll be like, oh, this is the future. Right. Yeah, her, her music and my 10-year-old girl and I, because we drive around LA together, my 10-year-old Violet and I listen to music nonstop, but Millie Turner's been the one we've been listening to. That's great. Okay. Any uh, parting words or a short benediction you want to leave my listeners with as we end this? I know it's kind of on the spot, but... There was never anything to prove to all of the anxiety and the worry and the stress trying to prove that we're good enough, worthy enough. You know what I mean? That we measure up, that we're one of the... There was never anything to prove. It was just like a gift to be received, and then you pass it along. There you go. Beautiful. Thanks, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Pleasure. Yes. Thanks. All right. We'll see you all. Peace. Mm -hmm.